Blog Talk Radio. Testing. One, two. <sighs> Testing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We might be experiencing some uh, technical difficulties here. Sometimes this happens. I don't know why. Hmm. Let's see. Let's find Eric. Okay. Well, apparently it's not going on. <laughs> that might be Eric. Hello, Eric. Hey, that's me. For some reason, this thing is not... Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Yeah. This thing is not working I don't know why. It's it's it's. I'm hearing sound through my computer. Can you hear me now, Eric? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, we're good. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the show tonight, but if you can hear me, okay, we're good to go. Yep, let's do it. So, uh, so the sixth district, we uh, we have our results, and we have uh, some surprises. Some not so surprises and we also have a uh you know some some angry failed candidates out there yeah what's going on with that man i don't know i mean well i mean i guess it's it's what to be expected i mean if you look at the people that are having all of the issues like does it really surprise us i mean this is you know you have chris mason you have robin ficker you know throwing tantrums i mean do we really expect anything less from candidates like that I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you saw Chris Mason's response, didn't you? Um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. His big old long, you know, rant about how, you know, oh, yeah, apparently we get paid or something to do this. You know, the usual, the, the same stuff that he always does. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I guess I mean, that's what we expect from low tier candidates like Chris Mason. Um, well, the guy's a crank. And, uh, you know, we we knew that he wasn't going to go very far uh, from the outset. So look, uh, you know, I I don't really have much use for this guy anymore. Um, I'm not very happy with what he said to us. Um, Ami Hober won the race, uh, fair and square. She put a lot of her own money into it. But the problem is now that you have these two candidates. What Ficker saying that we're the you can't trust us, and then you have um, Mason who is the totally most unserious person that I've ever seen in Maryland politics come out and make <laughs> mm-hmm. this deranged statement. I mean, just go away. Like, don't go away mad. Just go away. 
Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Ficker, I mean, like, you know, accuses us of dishonesty, yet, you know, he can't even admit that he was thrown out of West Point for misconduct. Like, you know, even when confronted with it, you know, I was at West Point for 30 months. Like, that means he didn't graduate. And anybody that has ever been in the military knows that he was lying about it. But he just can't admit that he was lying. Well, you know, I, I have it. I have it on good authority. You know, there's actually there's actually a a political person here in Frederick County um, that I've I've been told did go to West Point um, briefly, and just couldn't couldn't do it, and wow. so he, he he dropped out of West Point. You know what? Good on him because you know he doesn't run around trying to brag about it. He doesn't run around trying to say, oh, well, I was in the military. You know, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't make a big stink about it. It's like that's that's how you that's how you do this as an adult. You know, not when you're a little temper tantrum throwing, like, you know, booger picker. Picker, booger picker. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Eric, that's... Let's that's, start with the results. Um, what... So, there was eight candidates. Uh, we sort of called it. I mean, we did call. We predicted this outcome. What worked, what yep. didn't. Let's start with, um, you know, let's start with uh, Mason, Painter, and and uh, who else? Chang. Let's start with those three. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, honestly, they're, they're, they did not really have a campaign infrastructure. Um, they didn't have any sort of outreach. They had no way to get their message across. Um, and, you know, in, in Mason's case especially, um, he was putting out a message, but it was not focused on the district. You know, I'm sorry, Twitter doesn't win you votes. Okay. No matter, yeah. It doesn't matter how many followers you have on Twitter. That doesn't – you know, it matters how many followers you have on Twitter that are registered voters within the 6th District. <laughs> like that's what actually matters. And so, you know, I mean really like, you know, all of honestly, um, you know, I I you and I have both talked about how much we actually do like Harold Painter, how much we do like Scott Chang. And yeah. uh, you know, they're they're good candidates. I mean, I think that I, I would really like to see them run in I guess kind of a more uh, like I'd really like to see them run in like a state or a municipal level race personally. Um I'd really love to see like the Montgomery County GOP get behind Dr. Chang and try to get him as a delegate. Um, or put them in the county council down there, um, you know, and be like, look, we're going to make an inroad. We're going to get a Republican elected in this county. And he's he, somebody like Dr. Chang, um, even Harold Painter, I think, would be a great, um, you know, start for that. You know, you got to start small. You know, look, we're, Republicans are doing that in Baltimore. We're trying to get one elected Republican in Baltimore City. Like, yeah. that's what we're focused on. And we're going to get it. Okay, we're going to get a mayor or we're going to get a council seat. And, you know, that's how things begin. And then you get one. Then next election cycle, you get two and three and so on. You have to build this stuff. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Yeah, Eric, I, I agree. Um, Painter, Painter is a great guy. He didn't have a whole lot of money to put into it. Or it may, maybe not necessarily that, but he did not put his own money into it. And we know that how big this district is. Um, oh, yeah. And we know that it requires some money. And so I, I just <laughs> – you have to be willing to spend your own money. You can't just – you know, look, you can't just put in $8,000, $2,000 and, um, mm-hmm. you know, then, then, and then pretend like, you know, you're going to win a district. And that's not Harold Painter's fault, but um, I think, you know, you saw the serious candidates and you saw what they were yep. wanted to do. 
So there you go. Yeah, Sears, the Sears Cannons are going out there. They're doing fundraiser. They're knocking on doors. You know, that's not a knock on any of, I guess, kind of the lower tier candidates saying that they're bad people. It's just saying that they're, they, they didn't run a full-on campaign with campaign infrastructure. They were, didn't run a campaign that was going to win in the general. Yeah. Eric, I wanted to read you a tweet. Um, John Delaney just sent this tweet out from his, um, his campaign account. Uh, he said, congrats to at Hillary Clinton on her big MD primary win. It will it would be an honor to be on the ballot with her next November. Oh, so so obviously John Delaney supports treason and misappropriation of government IT infrastructure and, you know, mishandling of classified information and giving, you know, our nation's most sensitive secrets over to the Russians and the Chinese. Um, this is a joke. And you saw <laughs> I mean, this is look at the four families uh, on Benghazi. I mean, they they called that some guy named Barry O'Connell, who's a complete clown, um, apparently yeah. called. I, you saw this. It's somehow Tea Party logic for us to suggest the improprieties of Hillary Clinton. So you know, you got this clown <laughs> Barry O'Connell talking about like, oh, the sixth district has the largest concentration of um, what was it, KKK members. I mean. Uh, that's not that's not the kind of Republicans that we are. That's not the kind of Republicans that Ami Hober or Terry Baker or David Vogt or even Frank Howard. I, you know. Well, no. Remember, the KKK were Democrats, so you know. Uh, just yeah. to be fair. I mean, look at Robert. Let's, Byrd. let's be honest. Yeah, Robert Byrd, KKK, Grand Dragon, West Virginia. You know, Democrats always like to forget those sort of facts. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was asinine. Um, so, you know, Delaney is saying that he's excited to run on this, um, you know, with Hillary Clinton. Eric, I'd be ashamed to run with Hillary Clinton. Well, you know, you got to you got to remember that, uh, you know, Democrats are not exactly the most uh, um, logical people. And so, you know, I mean, the, if he wants to run with on the Hillary Clinton ticket, then let him. You know, I hope that it backfires. I hope that, you know, I hope that Hillary finally gets indicted and hauled off to jail for the crimes that she committed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that's a pipe dream. Okay, but, you know, I can I can dream, can't I? You called it the uh, the Trump Hober ticket. Yeah, well, we're, we need to start calling it the Clinton Delaney ticket, you know, or how about the uh, maybe we should call it the Guccifer Delaney ticket. You know, that's the that's the name of the hacker that stole Hillary Clinton's emails. So. Like that's, obviously, you know that's that's the team that Delaney's on. So back to the autopsy. I mean, this is um, you know eight candidates. You have a lot of room for error. Um, and I, you know, I just want to look at uh, Chris Mason for one last time, um, and hopefully for the very last time in my life. Um, this guy. <laughs> I mean, talk about the least classy possible thing that you could do. After not winning an election, I mean, here's a guy that told us that he's talked to twenty thousand people, that he's made thousands mm-hmm. of phone calls, um, that nobody reads mailers, nobody they go right in the trash. Um, you know, uh, you and I are liberals. Uh, Ami Hover's a liberal. Everybody's a liberal compared to Chris Mason, and it's like, so wait a second. In order to be a conservative, I got to be a racist. I have to be a piece of shit. Um, and I have, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have any use for this guy, and it might be the medication that I'm on right now to cure my cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, you but, sound a little stuffy over there. Yeah, I'm a little stuffy, but it's it's probably because 
a lack of sleep and my immune system is way down. I was out all day on election day. Um, mm -hmm. But Eric, this is a guy that does not have a future in politics. I, Ami Hober doesn't want his help. I mean, you can tell I Jim yep. said that, but would you really want this guy's help after the tweets that he's made about Muslims, gays, um, about, let's see, who else? <laughs> what, other, what other group of people has this guy taken to disparage? Oh, he called all the Democrats traitors. Um, you know, they should be thrown in jail. Um, you know, just just your typical like extremist, like Infowars style rhetoric. I mean, like that. I mean, that's that. He he probably thinks that you know FEMA ordered you know six billion coffins and has concentration camps ready to go. Um, you know, Agenda Twenty One. You know, all the all those you know Nibiru, the 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 ghost sun that's going to come and destroy the world. Like he's he's one of those kind of nuts. You know, I mean, honestly, I I'd I'd love it if he would endorse Delaney. Um, I think that'd give that give you know his, uh, Delaney's opponent a one point boost right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me, and you know I've always had the logic of you know me personally. I think that people like Chris Mason, like not basically not wanting to support a Republican candidate, actually works for the better. Um, I think that you know people like him are such a slim but yet vocal minority in the Republican Party that when you know when you have people like that you know or like you know the Red Maryland cult when you have people like that that disagree <laughs> with you. Um, then I think that actually attracts moderates and uh, independents to vote for you um, personally. You know, like, I mean, let's be honest, every party has extremists, don't get me wrong. You know, one of the big things, you know, in comparing Democrats and Republicans, Democrats will still vote for Democrats no matter how extreme they are. In the Republican Party, we don't do that. You know, we actually vote on principle. And so, like, you know, I think that having people like Chris Mason, um, you know, go after Ami Hober, I think that's going to help her in the end because it really just shows that she's not one of those Republicans. I mean, we all know who those Republicans are. Yeah. I mean, I, so if, if I were Ami Hober, I would say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I don't, I don't want your endorsement. I don't want you anywhere near my campaign. I think that you, you know, you embarrassed yourself throughout the campaign. And I mean, why would you want that much negativity? Seriously, why would you want yep. that much hatred? Uh, I, Chris Mason does not represent the Republican Party that I want that I want anything to do with. And I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, the tweets, the anti-Muslim, anti-gay, anti-anything that isn't you know white <laughs> Christian. I mean, this guy's a theocot. What you know to yep. steal somebody else's phrase? This guy is a, is is a, is a, supports a an Iranian-style theocracy. And that might sound a little bizarre to some people who are listening, but it's true. I mean, he's he, he has some really strange ideas that are just – I mean, uh, norm, rarely am I offended, but he's offensive. Yeah, I mean, no, he don't, he has the right to say whatever he wants, but you know, just like I've said in many articles, you know, you have the right to say whatever you want, but I also have the right to call you an asshole when you're being one. Yeah. Like that's free speech is a two way street, you know. Oh, and just so you know, apparently I actually um, I have I have seen a, a large emergence of the term theocon in uh, in Facebook vernacular recently. So I'd like to, uh, you know, a good good shout out to all the folks that uh, um, what's it called? I'd like to give a good shout out to the people who are reading us that you know may not want to admit it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. I wild yeah um, so you know hey i mean it's a uh, you know so i think that pretty much covers our uh um the uh you know our, our lower tier candidates well let's talk about um, Ficker. Ficker. 
okay, <laughs> the fact that Ficker came in what? Was that third or fourth place? I don't know. Was it fourth, fourth place? Yeah, yeah. Well, the fact that he was not last really just shows that there are people in this world that will pull a mailer out of their mailbox and believe what it says and not try to do any fact-checking. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, maybe maybe Ficker's signs uh, worked in some places, but, but dag yeah. on it, that guy is such a jerk. He treated his opponent with such – I mean, he treated Ami Hober with such disrespect. You saw that during the debates. Oh, yeah, many times. Um, and, and Robin Ficker is a, a perennial candidate. He's a serial loser. He, he, what good does this guy do in the party? I mean, yeah, he has term limits on the ballot, but it's his style. It's his delivery. It's the way that he presents himself. Eric, I mean, any time anybody would say something that is opposed to Robin Vicker, he would go on Facebook and just trash them like an idiot. I mean, the guy trashed Jay, uh, um, he trashed our friends, he trashed you, me, Kim. Yesterday he went on the Maryland Politics Facebook page and said, mm-hmm. oh, stay away from Minor and his wife. Uh, they, they, they run a hate-filled campaign. Uh, no, Robin, we put out information about you that – was true. We never said anything that was false about this guy. We put out everything that was true, and he dug his own grave. I mean, how many deceitful things did Robin Ficker do in this campaign, Eric? How many? Oh, geez, I couldn't even... Um, I can't count that high at the moment. I mean, he, basically every time he opened his mouth. Um, so considering how much he talks, like, I'm going to say ballpark 15,000. Yeah, that's how many like, signs... I, I'm, just, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just guessing here, you know. Look, the the big issue was, of course, the West Point, having his law license suspended twice, being a heckler at all these games. Um, But give me a break. I'm I'm tired of this guy. Stop running. You make the party look like fools. Because if we had to get behind Robin Ficker, I can tell you right now, this show would be dedicated to, to defeating him. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. That'd be a great opportunity for a third-party uh, candidate, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, a write-in. Hell, I'd put my name in yeah. for a write-in. Uh, I, would... I would definitely – I would write in Eric Knowles. That's what I yeah, would do. Yeah, Eric Knowles. I don't, is he in the Eric six? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, if he, uh, he lives out here in the area, so, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, I would write in Eric Knowles, hands down. Oh. And I only say that because he just popped across my Facebook feed. Oh. <laughs> well, the Trump's <laughs> But but it, uh, his the the Ficker thing the whole Trump Cruz Ficker ticket that confused people like what are you doing I don't understand that brand I mean I I get it but it kind of fell on deaf ears it was silly yeah well I mean that that whole ticket you know they uh, they they lost two out of three so I mean <laughs> like that tells you how well that marketing went yeah so I mean hey you know so you know if I really I think that uh, you know. Robin Figger's campaign is a great case study of what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. I you know. Mean, so let's talk be... about the people that actually did something and were not total, you know, <laughs> morons. Well, what did Robin so, Figger do? I mean, he never answered a substantive policy question. He he acted a fool at every debate. He literally got into a fighting match with me at a debate. Like we were up in Cumberland. And this guy is, like, calling me an Avi Hober volunteer, and I volunteered for Avi at a parade, um, and I, I have no bones about that. I helped her out. I would help any Republican out, well, except for uh, well, except for Robin Ficker, 
and Chris Mason, yeah. but you know, I'm I don't know. Yeah, dudes, dudes just off his rocker. So now let's talk about the good people. Yeah, let's talk about the good people. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start let's start with vote. I wanna let's work our way let's start at vote and work our way up the list. All right, sounds good. Till, go to the to the inevitable victor. So so vote, okay. I think you know honestly, I think it's crazy for anybody that's in the uh, in, in Annapolis at the state house elected to try to run um, in a Maryland primary just because of when session is. Um, I mean, like, you know, some people can pull it off if they have the campaign infrastructure, but obviously, like uh, you know, Rath- vote didn't have it. I mean, yeah. Jamie, Jamie Raskin, Kathy Slega, you know, like it's, it is possible. It's just, you gotta have, you have to have proxies. You have to have a team out there working, doing the work for you. You as the candidate can't do a whole lot because you gotta be in Annapolis all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, don't get me wrong. I, 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 you know, I do like David vote. I, I, his, he's been, you know, on, on a lot of issues. He is totally legit as far as I'm concerned, you know, anti-common core, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's becoming a much bigger issue now. Um, you know, he does, he's got the national security thing. I mean, even though he's a Marine, you know, they're kind of a little, you know, they, they grunt a little too much sometimes. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's good on the issues like, and, and that's how he ran. I mean, you know, the the thing that I would say, vote is a is a really good example of the uh, um, of where Republicans can use somebody like vote to create that um, that deep bench that we are seriously lacking here in Maryland. Um, I agree. He had a base, um, but you know, David kind of fell off the map there for a while. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he didn't have signage. It appears that he didn't have a whole lot of infrastructure, and a lot of people predicted that the race would come down to David and, and Ami, but it, but then we saw how it was evolving, and of course, a minor detail was the first to predict how this thing would turn out, um, and correctly, albeit. I just want to say that. We, you and I called this from, from, from um, some time ago. And, yeah, uh, we, we called this a while ago because, you know, we actually live here and we see what's happening. We see the candidates, you know, the thing is on paper, David Vogt ran a great campaign. He had the endorsements, um, you know, from legislatures, from organizations, you know, NRA and the right to life. So he did have those endorsements and that's that's good. But he didn't have the grassroots. He didn't have the doors. He didn't have the events. Um, he wasn't, you know, there in the district constantly. And so, you know, that's that's not necessarily through any fault of his own. I'm sure if he didn't have to be in Annapolis, that he would do it. But, uh, you know, like, you know, really, if I was, uh, you know, if, if, if David listened to this, I would tell him, like, look, you know, give it four years, like get another term in the House of Delegates and then, you know, think about how to go about this again. You know, yeah. four, six years, especially especially after gerrymandering is over. Well, okay. and but that's to say that I really do think that Ami Hober has a good chance to win this. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But we're, we're getting to her. We're, we're, we got to go in order. All right. Um, and so, vote, not only that, I think vote, vote should have just full on embraced Trump. I think if he embraced Trump and was like the Trump <laughs> candidate, look at Western Maryland. Look at the poll numbers for Western Maryland, Eric. I mean, think about it. You yeah. Know? Vote came in fourth in this race, okay? Um, and then, well, I think it was fourth. Hold on. Let me look. I had the official results up in my computer. Um, let's see. What did he come in? Eric, um, I'm sitting at my kitchen table. And uh, my cat is continually jumping up and down on the table. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny because my kid does that actually. Like he likes to climb up on tables and climb back down. So, uh, you know, I, I do understand the, uh, the the issues that you're having right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, mine just screams when he does it. So I'm looking at the numbers on the State Board of Elections website, and it looks like um, vote had a total of 5,494 votes. Um <laughs> Bicker had 6,599 votes. Wow. So Bicker beat vote. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, low information voter campaign right there. Frank Howard had 10,034 votes. Terry Baker had 13,342 votes. And Ami Hober had 17,046. Yeah. And the uh, – Yeah. So, you know what, David – if he embraced Trump and kind of went full on Trump, I think he would have fared a lot better. I really do. I think he and, that, and I think he was hesitant to take on um, his opponents in the race. Um, and I think his advisors would probably agree, or maybe have given him the own advice that you know you want to win this, you gotta you gotta distinguish yourself and come out swinging. Yeah, I mean, you know, think about you know the whole. Um you know, basically, Ficker embracing Trump got him where he is, where he was, with a couple of mailers. So, I mean, you know, vote. The the thing is, though, I think that normal vote supporters, if they had heard that, probably wouldn't have been too happy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, David has a a bright future. Um, I think he should. I think he's going to become a leader in Annapolis. I do. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. I'd love to. I'd, honestly, I'd love to see him as uh, you know the minority leader down there in the House of Delegates. I think yeah. that would be uh, entertaining to say the least. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, and it's like I, I tell you what, look, like you know, he always wears those boots, you know, his his old Marine boots in Annapolis. And I tell you what, like you, I guarantee you, those things you could probably make a foot mold out of his feet with those. So once we can filibuster, he'd be a great person to lead that filibuster because I know he can stand up for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, I can, I'll, I'll bring him a nice supply of rippets and, uh, you know, tar sickness coffee. And, uh, I think he could, uh, I think he could hang in the filibuster for a while down there. That's you know, stop some, Stop a few more bad laws from getting passed. Like that's that's what we need to do down there. That's that's we we need a filibuster down there. And I think a uh, vote could be a really uh, an integral part of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. David's a smart guy, and not only that, he's a good guy too. And by the way, if there's anybody who ever set the precedent for concession speeches or a concession uh, post or release, David Vote really took the cake on that. It was classy. Yes. It was, it was, I mean, he pledged to help Ami 100%. And I just want to say kudos to David. That's how you do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that, that, honestly, that should go in, like, political scientists should study that. Because that was, that's how you lose a race, okay? Like, if you lose, that's fine, all right? There's more important things, you know? And I, I remember Vote telling me this all during the campaign. Like, I just want to be Delaney. That's his, that was his whole thing this entire time for months yeah. now. And, you know, I, in January, I didn't quite believe him. But now, you know, and, and we'll see in a few weeks, you know, if I see him out there with Ami Hober, you know, campaign literature, knocking on doors, then I'll know definitively he was being truthful when he said that. Yeah. This was uh, – so yeah. and, and, you know, she, um, she did go on and say thank you. You know, she called David very honorable and gracious, and she appreciates it. Um, because, yeah. you know, he, um, 
I'm, I'm just I'm pl- I'm very happy that uh, that he did that, and that showed that he's a true gentleman. And and I never had a doubt that he wasn't. Good on David. You know, I think he he did the best that he could with the resources that he had. And we should also mention that David raised the most money, a uh, second to Ami. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, yeah that that will be uh, that'll be great to uh, you know that you know maybe he, maybe he can save that till his next you know election. Um, you know, roll it over again, like, you know, once gerrymandering's done, you know, however, however he does it. But I think, uh, I think it's a good start. He's got a long time to be able to run for office. So let's go on the Frank Howard. Uh, you want to, why don't yes. you start? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start no matter how much I don't want to like, okay. man, I, I, you know, I, I, I love Frank. Okay. I met Frank working on the Bongino campaign. All right. Frank, you know, Frank and I have a very, Frank and I ideologically are Frank is probably one of the closest people I've ever come across that ideologically agrees with me on most issues. Okay. Especially the issues that I care about. All right. He's like, you know, I've had many conversations with the man and you know, we can finish each other's policy sentences sometimes. Okay. You know, and, and so I, you know, I, I, so I do have a little bit of a, of a bias for him. I I do like Frank. Okay. I'm, I'm not so much satisfied with how he ran the campaign. You know, I, I really wish that I really wish that he hadn't gone negative. Um, that was his first and last mistake. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look, Frank Howard, um, he took bad advice from overpaid consultants and four higher spinmeisters down in Florida. Um, they fed, and I, I have it on good authority that his Florida guy, that, uh, Jim Pettit, who I had, um, you know, and I'll, let me give you a quick story. Um, Jim Pettit, I, Frank Howard was going to come on the show with me back in February, late February. Uh, we had locked down a time and we were going to do, and then he started, um, Frank started attacking Ami and it just, it got weird. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody has run a negative campaign except for Ficker and that's to be expected. I, you know, in that respect, we just sort of said, you know, screw Ficker. We're not going to do anything with that. And so mm-hmm. I canceled the interview and I said, you know, I really don't feel comfortable doing that with Frank. Um, and I just, I, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to entertain that kind of behavior. So, um, you know, say what you want. That's fine. I mean, it's my show. It's our show. We can do what we want. And uh, we, yeah. and I chose not to. Not to entertain that. Well, Jim Pettit, Frank's guy, called me up the next day and practically begged me to put him back on the show. Like, was trying to smooth things over, and I was very cordial and we were very gracious. He was very gracious, but he practically begged me to come to, to put Frank back on the show to to maintain a relationship. But let me tell you what happened when that open letter came out, Eric. And remember that it was like a two a week before the campaign. It was on a Sunday. Oh yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, that's when I said, nope, not going to do it. Uh, you know, Frank, if you want to run on an issue in which you are the most vulnerable person on the issue, especially that donation that, uh, he hit Ami on and that attack mailer, um, you know, come on, Frank, what are you doing? You're such a hypocrite. Why, why won't you admit Mm -hmm. to being the hypocrite that you are, Frank? That's what I wanted to say to him. And I don't have time for that, Eric. And I don't know if he was getting bad advice from overpaid consultants in Florida for higher spinmeisters, but I think that I think it proved to be I think it proved to be a disaster. And I mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I know you work with Sharon Strine and I 
you know, I, I, I'm not going to say anything of there, but, um, it, it, it just, it, I, I'm not, and out of respect, I just, I, it just, yeah. whatever. Sharon, we, go ahead. Sharon's like my big sister. So full disclosure. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and that's fine, but I just don't know what advice that she gave Frank that actually worked like going negative, yeah. getting the Bongino endorsement a week before and after early voting. I mean, Eric, that was, that was, it looked desperate. It just looked desperate. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I would have ran. I would have ran the campaign differently. Okay. I I you know there there is a, there is a certain point where yes you should go negative. Okay. Now I, I'm I'm the last person to say you know you shouldn't criticize somebody, but I'll tell you like every everything needs to be strategic. Okay. This is a you know th- this gets into like you know art of war Sun Tzu type stuff. Okay. But you have to know when to attack and where to attack. Okay. And like that, I, I mean, that the way that they attack, went against Ami Hober was just not, that's not how I would have done it. I've said on the show before, I would have gone, I would have gone straight military industrial complex attack. That's where, that's where I would have gone. Okay. I, that, that's how I would have gone after Ami Hober. Okay. There is still some libertarian leaning in, within the district. And I think if I was trying to get through a primary and run against Ami Hober, and heck, I, you know, that, that, that's how I would have gone after her. And, and for some reason, nobody did. I really don't un- quite understand why. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just me and my little bubble um, with my little libertarian friends that are <laughs> all around. But, uh, you know, that's, well, I'm with you on that, that's where I would have gone. You know, I would have gone, you know, military industrial complex. I would have gone, you know, um, Iraq war, you know, did, did Ami Hober have anything to do with WMDs in, in Iraq? Okay. Like that, that's how I would have attacked. Now, full, I don't know the answer to those questions. Okay. The yeah. questions I'm asking, I'm just throwing out questions because, uh, you know, I haven't researched it. And honestly, it'd probably be very hard to research some stuff like that in her, her work history. But, you know, that, that's where I would have gone. Um, I would have I would have attacked based on policy, based on history, not on you know f- like abortion, okay? Because again, nobody cares about abortion, okay? You know, there's there's freaking ten people that actually care about it, and they're just really loud about it, okay? It is not indicative of the rest of the district. Yeah. Most, you know. Most people, you know, what, if you if you look at the statistics, if you look at Gallup, you know, most people do. At, um, you know, I what's what are the numbers? I think ninety percent of the country believes that abortion in the third trimester should be illegal. Like sixty-seven percent think it should be illegal in the second trimester, and then when you get down to like first trimester, it's like fifteen percent. Okay, there's like a huge jump there. Okay, because people do apply logic and reasoning to it, you know, and so you can you can that that's what the general populace thinks. And going, I don't I don't you know I don't trust any politician that runs on a pro-life angle because all it tells me is they want the Bible to be the foundation for American law. That's what yeah. I hear. And yeah. you know, like I I don't wear my religion on my sleeve. I do that on purpose. Okay, and so you know, to me that's just not appealing to me. And I don't want to use U.S. law, which is you know, government agents with automatic weapons. I don't want them to go and shoot somebody because they decided to have an abortion, because that's what'll happen. Well, Eric, I'd like to say add one more bit about Frank Howard or where this conversation leads us. And I respect the fact that. He was Dan Bongino's campaign chairman, and I respect their relationship. However, Frank didn't seem like he had original thoughts in his campaign. I mean, he just – he piggybacked off of Dan 
and basically said, if you want Dan Bongino 2.0, vote for me. Well, that didn't work. I mean, you have to be your own individual. And I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure why he did that. I, I think, you know, it was uh, it was the theory that, you know, Dan's previous success would carry over to him, that he could carry that mantle, carry that flag, and that people would automatically vote for him with it. And so I don't uh, – uh, what's it called? I, I, I really don't think that uh, – you know, it, it just didn't take. You know, I, I've, I've said it before. Dan did – he, you know, you got to think. He ran for Senate. Then he was guest hosting on the radio for 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 like a year, okay, yeah. on, on WMAL. So he and he built up a massive social media following, okay. You know, I mean, hey, you know, I, I'll tell you, Ryan, it, it's something I always mention. You know, my parents in California have friends that, you know, listen to Dan's podcast, follow him on on all the social media, and love the stuff that he writes, okay. Yeah. Like so. You know, people in Salinas, California, okay, that could never vote for Dan in an election know right. about the guy, and they listen to him regularly. And, you know, my dad always likes to name drop, like, oh, you know, my son used to volunteer for him, right? He was on his campaign, and they're always, like, in shock because, like, oh, my God, that's so, that's so incredible. And, like, yeah. you know, that's just kind of that, – that's the sort of, like, 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 notoriety that Dan had. And, honestly, Frank just wasn't able to get, get to that point, you know. Boring. Um, boring. You know, I, I – I, yeah, it was it was just it felt very regurgitated, you know, and he he needed to do something to kind of get differentiate himself, show him as a unique individual that was worthy of the mantle. And, you know, like he he just he he wasn't able to succeed in it. Well, and that's, that's not bad on Frank. I still look, I, I, I'd still go have a beer with Frank in a, in a heartbeat. OK, it's not to say that I don't like the guy. You know, this is again, you know, I, I, I always have to tell people this, you know, there's. There's emotionally what I want, and then there's logically what I've observed. So that's all we're talking here. We're talking logically this is what me and Ryan saw over the last three, four months, okay, and what we logically believe. It's not necessarily what we personally want to have have happened. Personally, I would have loved it if Frank ran a stand-up campaign, knocked on every door in the district, and got like 90% of the vote. I would have been fine with that, okay, but it didn't happen. Well, um. It didn't, and uh, I think Frank will run again, and I just don't want him to become a perennial candidate. You know, let's yeah, not – let's hope that that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. You know, it, hell, Frank would be a great person for the Montgomery County GOP to say we're going to get him elected as a delegate. Okay, you know, Frank Howard, Scott Chang, you know, Harold Painter. Like get those three people in some office down there in Montgomery County. Okay, get something down there, please, guys. <laughs> You know, well, so, yeah, I mean, I. But but the problem there, again, is, look, Frank attacked Ami Hober on his biggest week on Frank's own biggest weakness, which is donating two hundred and fifty dollars to a socialist. Yeah. And, and and the thing and honest. But, you know, to be fair, I don't think people get, care. They just don't. You and I don't care. The only reason we care nope. is because of the 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 double standard. That's right. Exactly. That's the only that's reason we, that we care. That's why we care. And that's I, would let, I would have let it go. Seriously, Eric, I would have. We would have let it go had it if he not had that. I mean, seriously, I I, I wouldn't have cared. And uh, you know, I think that Bob Ehrlich showing up to, for his event that nobody showed up to that was a little embarrassing for Frank. I mean, nobody really came to that. It was it wasn't a. It, it was like ten people that that showed up to see 
a former governor who was also ambiguous about his abortion stance um, sell a book that yep. nobody's going to read. And it's not a <laughs> it's not a diss against it's not a diss against Bob. I like Bob Ehrlich. Um, he he is yesterday's news in Maryland politics, and I I am not trying to be rude, and I, I just think that that was <laughs> you know you bring Bob Ehrlich into the mix there. It's not really uh, it, it doesn't really in, excite anybody. I mean, you had like ten people yeah. that showed up to that event. And it was not advertised. It was poorly done, and I just I think it would it went wrong for Frank in every way. I don't know if he's going to actually go out and help Ami, but I think he should. Yeah, I I really I I hope that he does. I hope that you know I'd love it if you know Team Frank would actually you know go and knock on doors for him. I mean that he does have a gra- a, a campaign apparatus. You know that'd be great. Because, I mean, look, Delaney's terrible, okay? And we're going to be talking about this a lot over the next, like, six but months, Eric, okay? You think, somebody like Dan, you think somebody like Dan McHugh would go out and knock doors for Ami after all the, the, the nasty things he said about her? <laughs> like, the only way I can respond with that is by saying something equally nasty. And yeah. so I'm just going to, uh, you know... <laughs> I'll, I'll let that slide because, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, l- let me here. Let me let me phrase it this way. OK, if people like Dan McHugh don't go out and knock on doors for Ami Hober, really, that just kind of shows you what the problem is in Montgomery County. Well, that shows you what the problem is with the entire Montgomery County GOP right there. <laughs> um, I mean, is Sharon? Stryan, say it. I don't I don't is, live there. So I know. Is, is Sharon Stryan going to go out and knock on doors for Ami? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to speak for her because okay. she'll give me a noogie. <laughs> That's what'll happen. And she'll cut me off from my farm chickens. So I'll, uh, you know, I, uh, let me just say, I, I would, I would like it if she did. That, that's all I'm going to say. But again, I don't want noogies. <laughs> I don't no, want to throw fine. me in her pool. <laughs> so. Oh, that's fine. I mean, you can always buy your egg for a teeter, Eric. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, you know, and I just, I, I, I don't, you know, coming into all of this, you know, something that I was, I was very cognizant of is I didn't want to end up alienating either, either side. Okay. Either person that was involved in here. So, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, all I'm going to say is I would like it if all of them came and helped out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, but, um, except for Chris Mason and Robin Ficker. Yeah, no, they can they can go like you know they can go help Delaney, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so now the big surprise that we had. Yeah, so um, Terry Baker did Terry, really well. Terry, yeah, Terry Baker. I was you know I tell you what, like the, everybody was very hopeful coming in um, when I was up there at a Baker's you know party. I mean you know you know Ryan, we we had talked about this beforehand. Um, we went ahead and, you know, you, you covered Ami Hober's event, and I went up to a Terry Baker's. Um, those yeah. are the only two people holding, uh, holding, you know, campaign primary events. And so I was like, you know what, like, that's a, like, you know, I'll go ahead and go up there. Like, we should go ahead and cover it. That, that's the best way to be fair in this. And so I went up there, and I tell you, you know, of course, uh, you know, <laughs> the, I, got the, uh, I got the nasty glares for saying that I wrote on a minor detail, um, you know, well, at first. Who did that? 
I'm not even going to say the name because, you know, I'm going to be nice, okay? But uh, let's just say some people – you know that a lot of people don't like you up there. Um, so <laughs> there's a little bit of angst. And then uh, luckily J- uh, Jerry Wolf showed up and saved me. Um, so once, uh, once they saw me hanging out with – huh? Where was his – where was his victory party slash defeat party? Oh, it was that it was it is a, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Is it a restaurant right off of eighty I eighty one, right up by the Pennsylvania border? Like oh. you literally had to get you had to get off of eighty one, and the exit actually took you was in Pennsylvania, and then you looped around and you went back into Maryland. Yeah, so like, it. yeah, okay. I think you could you could I could spit and hit the pen, hit Pennsylvania. And so, uh, you know, I mean, it's a nice little place, you know, there is, it was, there's probably about 30, 35 people there pretty well attended. Um, you know, like I said, when I, when I was just there and Jerry hadn't showed up, you know, I was kind of getting the stink eye, but once, uh, once, you know, as soon as Jerry showed up, I was like, okay, Jerry, I'm just following you for now so that people stop looking at me funny. And, uh, you know, I went ahead and, you know, while I was up there, you know, I helped him out with, uh, you know, monitoring the, uh, um, the election results that were coming in, you know, I was like, I got a computer. I might as well like you know lend a hand so i did that while covering what was going on you know writing up the uh, the blog post that i had written so uh you know i mean it was i was just being courteous um man they were they were really man they were excited when terry started bumping up there in the in those in the numbers right after the initial numbers came up you know terry was pretty low but then every time there was a new update he was gaining two three percent and uh, you could tell the room was like they were they were really really hopeful yeah well he got killed in montgomery county he got beat really yeah. bad in, in in frederick and he got beat pretty bad in allegheny and garrett and uh he has a base in washington county that is that deserves respect. I mean, that's, that was the strategy from day one. And that's why I think he ran and thought that he could win. And, um, that means that a lot of people in Washington County came out to vote for Terry. He got, um, let's see, 8,000 some votes there. I mean, it was, yeah, like it was like 8,500. I mean, that's, that's a lot. If I remember right, um, in the general election last year, I think there was about 20,000 votes out of Washington County. Yeah. So you look at it, I mean, in the Republican primary, he got a huge portion of votes. You know, yeah. So that doesn't count uh, you know, Commissioner Baker's independent and Democrat appeal either. I mean, that's just straight raw Republican numbers. So, yeah. I mean, if it had been a general, I mean, he would I, – I, honestly, I think he could take 90 percent of the vote in Washington County in a general election. Probably. Which is which is good. I mean, and you know, and Terry ran a, despite all the the crap that you gave him, Ryan. Like he, well, he he stuck through it. Okay, we got to give him credit for some, that. I do. Uh, some was worth it. Some wasn't. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I admit that. Um, you know, I think that um, Terry ran a good campaign. He ran a Washington County based campaign, and it it surely paid off in the respect that he got the second most number of votes. Um, yep. And we knew that, and he knew that. The other candidates didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it was it was kind of – it was pretty a, a pretty stealthy campaign. You know, you got to give him props for that, like coming out of nowhere. So, you know, I think it's uh, – I don't you know, out of nowhere. I think that he, he did what he thought he was going to do, and that is run – a campaign from Washington County knowing that he would get a lot of votes out of that and that would overturn whatever votes he lost in other counties. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there's a strategy, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it, he, was not, he, he was not flashy about his campaign. 
No. Okay. He wasn't all over. He wasn't in your face. He wasn't, you know, um, you know, there's TV ads, radio ads, you know, those were pretty limited. It was a like, you know, it was a it was a local grassroots campaign. Yeah. And, you know, now, hey, hats hats off to him. Hats off to you, Terry. I, I think you were very gracious. You were a true gentlemen. Um, you won a lot of support from people. And um, he'll be he'll be fine. He'll he'll I think he can. I think he should run for for delegate or state senate. Yeah. Oh, hey, he'd be he'd be great there. I mean, I don't. I honestly, I don't know what his employment status is. You know, I think only certain people I think can take for. Oh, he's retired. Yeah. Then heck yeah, he should run. Like I'd go up and knock on doors for him. I mean, like you know, he would he would be he'd be great as a delegate. You know. Um, you know, state senator. I mean, whatever. I mean, I know that I know that they have good delegates and state senators up there as it is. You know, it's all it's all Republican past Frederick County, and so uh, you know. But like you know, you got to deepen that. You got to make that de- bench deeper. You know, yeah. people got to people got to move up. And so I'd love to see him run for delegate or state senator. You know, in the next couple of years. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know he may be retired, but I think, uh, you know, considering his energy level, I think he's got a few more years left in him of, uh, of being a, a campaigner. I think so too. Now let's talk about the, the winner, Ami Hover. Um, I, I covered her election party. It was all mm-hmm. positive. Everybody was happy and she won they, the end. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I will say, and you know, I've, I've told, I've told people this, you know, including people on her campaign, you know, like I was actually very surprised about the results. I was not expecting the votes to come from where they came from. Like I yeah. thought that she would hit about 30%. I said 35%. I think my, my first guess um, was the number that I'd quoted exactly. Um, but, uh, and I quoted Terry at a uh, 25%. Um, yeah. Now I think, you know, what, I think what surprised me the most when I was watching the numbers was her performance out in Garrett and Allegheny County. It was big. It was huge. Yeah, I was really not expecting her to carry those counties. You I was were? really expecting her to get more votes in Frederick and Montgomery County. But see, apparently this is what I didn't know. I didn't know how often she was going out there. She was like, out there I, I mean, for twice a week. Yeah, exactly. She was she was going out there regularly, talking to people, meeting with voters, and I just honestly I didn't realize it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm here in Brunswick. You know, no nobody comes to Brunswick. But actually, Ami did come to Brunswick one time. Um, and so, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I just kind of, you know, I, I, it's, I'm not saying that I thought she was going to lose. I'm just saying that I didn't expect I, – I kind of expected the votes to be a little more evenly broadcast across in Garrett and Allegheny. I wasn't expecting there to be her as, like, the clear winner out there. I was really expecting her to do, like, Montgomery County and Frederick County. Um, and win based off those counties. So I mean, I was, I was, I was very. Uh, that shocked me in the numbers. And I know uh, when I was at the Baker campaign. I mean, uh, the Baker campaign party. I mean, they were surprised at the numbers too. They was like, "How the hell did she do so good in Allegheny County?" Because like nobody got it, but because she yeah, reached, she ran a textbook great campaign at, at, at when it when it when it counted the most, and that is introducing yourself with mailers, hitting the voters at least nine to ten times. And telling them who you are and what you want to do, and she had a clear and defined message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I th- so it worked. In the end, it worked out great. You know, and if she can run that campaign um, in October, like between now and October, she's. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's Congresswoman Hover, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm hoping so, and I think that she has a real shot to do this. Um, She's going to need the right people on her staff. 
Um, Eric, she's going to need people like you. She's going to need people like Mark Greenwald and um, Mark, Mark and Cindy Schaap. She's going to need people like Jeff Brown and Alero and Dwight Patel. And um, she's going she's gonna to need people like Sharon Strine. Um, I'd love to see Sharon come out and volunteer for Ami. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see all of them. I'd love to. Yeah. I, I would love it if we would just kind of, you know, like okay, I'll, I'll tell you this because I, I, I have to be fair in my criticism of somebody that wouldn't go vote, go volunteer for Hober. There's been candidates in my area that I've said not a chance. I would never help them in the general election, okay, yeah. because they ran, they ran negative, and divisive campaigns with the based on outright lies okay and misinformation they intentionally deceive the voters and those people i will never ever put on their shirt and knock on a door for them and if i did it would be to tell people do not vote for this guy whose name is on my chest okay (laughs) now the thing is though is honestly and you know if and if ami hober had ran a campaign like that i wouldn't i wouldn't want to help her and i wouldn't blame anybody for not wanting to help her but you know she didn't run that type of campaign Okay. No. She ran an issues campaign. So that's fine. Great. Good on her. She ran the issues campaign. And I think that, you know, this is we do have an opportunity here to flip a seat. Okay. You know, I mean, it may she may not be the perfect candidate, but nobody is. Okay. And it's like and and Dan lives in Florida. So, you know, this is what we have. We have somebody that has a, a real shot at flip turning this district around. And uh, I think uh you know, I, I I look forward to it. Um, I, I, I do as well, and I think that she has the resources. She has the right message, and I would encourage Ami, and I think you would as well, you have to go full steam ahead against Delaney. Come out and define him, and he's already trying to define Ami, saying that she is the Trump yeah. over ticket, which, you know, Ami said she's going to support whomever emerges from the Republic as the Republican nominee. By the way, Trump overwhelmingly won in Western Maryland, so... I'm not so sure that's going to be a horrible thing. It's just that the Democrats are completely disingenuous by gerrymandering the district. And, um, but Ami has the crossover appeal that Trump uh, may not have in, in CD6. Yep. Yeah, and I mean I think you know, the way that I would go after Delaney in, up into the general is go the Iran deal – the the national security avenue, you know, Hillary wanting Clinton. more Syrian refugees in the in Maryland, um, you know. Oh, he look and and oh, and I would totally like that whole little like does Larry Hogan support Donald Trump thing? I would I would hammer him on that because that was that was absolutely absurd. Okay, it obviously didn't get the response that Delaney wanted, and really all it showed is that Delaney doesn't even isn't even paying attention to the district. He's already he's already getting ready for his 2018 campaign for governor, yeah. so he doesn't care about us in the sixth district. He doesn't care about representing us. It's yeah. he's already he's already running his next election, and it's two years from now. He's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, let's be honest. Honestly, when we you know when when Hober kicks him out of Congress, like I mean, who's going to want to vote for a uh, you know when you're in a job that has like a 95 percent incumbency rate and you get kicked out in a gerrymandered district, and like you're pretty much not viable for governor. So you know maybe him running for governor is a good thing. Oh, I think so. I mean, maybe. 
Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be another Anthony Brown, you know, like, except Anthony Brown did, is doing it the other way. He tried to run for lieutenant governor, and now he's going back into Congress. And again, a gerrymandered district that's been in Democrat hands for, like, 90 well, years or something. Eric, about this primary, we have about three minutes left. And I just want to say that to all the people like Red Maryland, like Brian Griffiths, and anybody else who – you know, doubted us, our predictions, and consistently tried to undercut us. Um, you guys, on election night, I hope that it was a big surprise that how many people don't pay attention to your ridiculous commentary. I was going to say neener, neener, actually. Well, I'm going <laughs> to be classier than Brian Griffiths and, and Greg Klein and and. You know, the other guy that lives in Virginia that likes to be an outside agitator that thinks that we actually listen to his show. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we Man, don't. I don't even have time. I barely have time to, like, mow my lawn, okay? There's no way I'm going to listen to a podcast. Yeah, but we encourage people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, sorry. I Yeah, yeah. Listen to us at a minor detail. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say that how inconsequential they were in, this, in the overall scheme of things. Um, yeah. The polls. I mean, had you know, but, and let's be honest, let's let's show that we're actually honest, okay? We know that, that you know there are not fifteen thousand people that listen to and hang over our every single word in the sixth district, okay? Right. Like we know that, okay? We we accept this for what it is, you know. We put information out there, okay, and people read it, you know. Sometimes it's a lot of people, sometimes it's not so many people. Okay, that's fine. All right, we we accept that. We accept that we are just one little voice in a huge sea of the internet. Okay, yeah. and we we put the information out there and we do the best we can. And we appreciate it when people listen to us. Okay, we really do. But we don't have these delusions of grandeur that we're going to somehow sway an election. That you know how what how many thirty thousand people voted in? Right. Like you know, a minor detail did not sway that election one way or another. Let's be honest. It was the candidates. No. The candidates did it for themselves. Right. I agree. We put out there our our take. People can listen to it. They don't have to listen to it. They can throw it away or they can accept it and agree with us or not. But we do this because it's fun. It's a hobby. And we enjoy putting out our side. And really, what Eric and I are trying to do is is advance the cause of liberty in, in, in Maryland. And that's that's always been our goal, Eric. And we're going to continue to yep. do that. But I think now that the primary is over, if you're a Republican, you're a conservative, libertarian, moderate, whatever, Hover is our candidate. Get out there and help her. Give her money. Give her your time. Give her your energy. And let's beat John Delaney. It's possible. We can do it. Yeah, it is. We it is. It, we can win this district. Okay, it can happen. It's just going to take. It's going to take all of us to do it. That's right. Well, I. I I just want to say thanks to all the candidates who run, who ran, except for Chris Mason and Robin Ficker. Don't ever run again, please. And um, that's that's pretty much all I have, Eric. So with that. Um, oh, wait, wait. We forgot one thing. Taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. Minordetail.com. Thank you so much and have a great night.